Here we are already at the 13th edition of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin continuing with the podcast to accompany my horoscope blog that tracks the days of this calendar. We're at a very unusual moment in this saga of unfolding days, so I'm going to parallel the blog quite closely this time. As always, of course, this is a calendrical system that involves the continuous cycling of 20 unique solar forces in combination with 13 unique numerical powers to create a count of days called the Zulkan. Actually, there are different names for this cycle of days in different language groups, but this is one of the most commonly used. So we have 260 days in one Zulkan cycle, with each day being unique. Every person carries the energetic imprint of the forces that were in play at the time of their birth, which would be one of those 260 days. Those energies greatly influence not only daily events, but also how people see the world and interact within it. One key part of this timekeeping system is the division of that 260-day cycle into 13-day segments called tricinas. There are 20 of these unique periods within any given 260-day time frame, with each tricina having a particular theme that ties in with the initiating energy, or the first day, of whatever tricina we happen to be in. At the moment, we are in the Etznab tricina, which is symbolized by flint, often represented by an obsidian blade with a little face on it. Traditionally aligned with the theme of sacrifice and separation, this is a tricina during which duality can often come into play, with etznab, or flint, serving as the knife edge between two opposing forces. This can play out in many different ways. There is often a kind of shock and awe aspect to it, as this can be an electrifying type of force that can often bring sudden change. It can be quite dramatic at times, and there are often significant implications. We'll have a look at that in this podcast. Before we get into some of the events, I just want to mention something about this particular moment in the sense of these particular 13 days. I don't normally spend much time talking about the numerical forces per se, and I rarely ever mention some of the deeper layers of these calendrical energies, such as the months, night lords, or patron energies associated with all these levels. Just not enough time to do that. Although I am considering putting together some online courses that will cover some of these topics. Stay tuned for those later. But right at the moment, I want to give you a heads up 
to the fact that we have a very unusual energy array in place during these particular 13 days. For the first nine of these days, there is a tripling of key numerical powers, with the first day being 1 Etznab, 1 Shen, G1, the second day being 2 Kawak, 2 Shen, G2, and so on, all the way through to the ninth day. I have a graphic for this in my blog. So rather than having a mixture of numerical forces, which is what you might normally see, all the numbers are repeating, which suggests that whatever the core nature of the number may be, will be significantly intensified. This is why I'll be walking through this a little more specifically at this time. I should also mention that we're working with the energies of a new Maya month at this time, the month called Xian. Maya months are only 20 days long, and not a great deal is known about them. In some systems, as in the Aztec calendar, which also follows the 260-day cycle, there was an attempt several hundred years ago when the Spanish arrived to fix or nail down particular days and months in accordance with the Gregorian calendar. This is problematic and often causes confusion even today because there has been a considerable shift in alignment since then. We'll have to put that discussion on hold for the time being. But within the traditional Maya system, and where we are right now with it, we see the first 13 days of the Maya month of Shen running parallel at this time with all 13 days of this Etznab Trisina. Shen was seen as a watery portal kind of energy. The hieroglyph for Shen contains water signs often associated with cleansing and purification. There is a connection with caves as well, which could open up a whole other discussion about the significance of caves to the Maya, often seen as the portals to the underworld or to the ancestors, a sense of a passageway between this world and the place of the ancestors, and even to the place from which life itself originally emerged. Caves were very sacred places to the Maya, places where important rituals would be carried out. The moon goddess is the patroness of this month, so there is another connection with life-giving water. So Shen might be seen as a kind of connector energy. It was thought that during this month, effigies would be taken to shrines where offerings would be made to activate them. Artists were honored with feasting at this time, likely because of their role in creating the effigies. So the month component here has a number of interesting overlays. The G component in each of the days refers to a night lord cycle, each of which has its own special energy. 
There are only nine of these, so that's why this tripling of the numerical forces only goes up to the ninth day. After that, the Night Lord component goes back to number one. But for the last four days of the Tresina, the month-related numbers continue to parallel the numbers connected to the days. So the tenth day, for example, will be ten manique, ten shien, and so on. We'll work through all this as we go along. In addition to this, I think we should keep that 1300-day factor in mind as well. I've spoken about this before, about the echoes that can seep through as cycles return. And it seems that 1300 days, or five Zulkan cycles, five turns of the 260-day wheel, is a particularly potent return, since 13 is a key fractal within the system. Looking back to 1,300 days ago, we find that massive, massive pushback events were going on in response to the presidential inauguration in the U.S. At the start of this, Tresina, at that time, which was in February of 2017, the strike known as the Day Without Immigrants took place when foreign-born residents of the U.S. and their supporters took to the streets in a day-long strike that highlighted the contributions of immigrants. Hundreds of restaurants, food trucks, grocery stores, and other businesses and services were shut down in many large cities as a strong statement was sent to Washington. The Orange Menace held a press conference at that time, which was described by many as an unhinged marathon rant. And, amusingly or not, that's exactly what happened again yesterday on One Netsnub, what reporters referred to as a huge unhinged rant from the north portico of the White House. More like an off-the-rails, completely unfocused, lie-permeated campaign rally rather than a press conference. Completely inappropriate, as he was again using the People's House for his own political purposes. But I think that's pretty well all we can expect now until that menace is gone. Let's start with some of the generalities for this period before we look at specific days. There are the widespread fires in the West, particularly in California, which has had triple-digit temperatures over the last few days. Many locations in and near Los Angeles broke records for their highest official temperatures ever recorded, reaching highs of 121 degrees Fahrenheit. Several new firestorms, including fire tornadoes, have broken out within the last few days, and several hundred people have had to be rescued. Many of the fires are said to be fast-moving, so there is a lot of sacrifice and separation potential in that region right now. Most of California will continue to be under an excessive 
heat warning since we're told they have not yet reached the peak of the fire season and many September records related to heat and fire have already been broken. Horrible situation. Then there is the pandemic. As this Tresina opens, the global number of cases is over 28 million, with over 6.5 million cases in the U.S. and over 4 million in both India and Brazil. The rate of increase in India is staggering, with 90,000 to 95,000 new cases a day recently, and it seems to be increasing. There are currently nearly 750,000 cases in California and over 650,000 cases in both Texas and Florida. At the current rate, there will be over 30 million cases globally before we complete this Tresina. What is particularly worrying is that schools are reopening in many places during this period, and no one really knows what's going to happen. Certainly schools will be different, all sorts of new routines, so this will be a stressful time for students of all ages, as well as for teachers and families. This Etznab Tresina will be a critical testing period in this regard, which even feels weird to say, experimenting with young lives. And at colleges and universities, those that have reopened in some fashion, there is the added challenge of how do we keep young adults from socializing in large groups when socializing is so much a part of campus life. And then there is the unspeakable mess associated with the political situation in the U.S. The Orange Menace is back on the campaign trail as of the first day of this Tresina, where he held a rally in North Carolina where there was no social distancing and little evidence of mask wearing. How many more people are going to become infected? How many more are going to infect others? How many more are going to die because of this kind of lunacy? Tied in with the political situation is the courtroom drama that's currently taking place at this time in the UK. As WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's extradition hearings unfold during this period, US prosecutors want to take him to the US to answer to conspiracy charges associated with hacking into a Pentagon computer. The WikiLeaks release of a trove of Pentagon papers put Assange at the nexus of much of the action related to Russian interference in the 2016 election. With regard to these hearings, reporter Julia Hall noted in Al Jazeera that at stake in this hearing are, quote, the fundamental tenets of media freedom that underpin the rights to freedom of expression and the public's right of access to information. Silence this one man, Assange, 
and the U.S. and its accomplices will gag others, spreading fear of persecution and prosecution over a global media community already under assault in the U.S. and in many other countries worldwide, unquote. As she put it, quote, the stakes really are that high. If the United Kingdom extradites Assange, he would face prosecution in the U.S. on espionage charges that could send him to prison for decades. If Assange is extradited, it will have far-reaching human rights implications, setting a chilling precedent for the protection of those who publish leaked or classified information that is in the public interest. I should also mention that Julian was arrested two cycles ago, so here we have another echo. So these are the kinds of things that are in the mix during this period. And unfortunately, sacrifice and separation will be playing a big role in all of this as we go through this 13-day period. Let's look at the days themselves. The Tresina began on Tuesday, September the 8th, with one Etznab, one Xian, the initiation of flint, basically the setting up of this energy that can be seen as working with all the other energies in this time frame. There's an image in my horoscope blog at whitepoppress.ca that shows the traditional patrons of this period, representing the two extremes, fire and heat, and coldness and darkness. So these are the dualities that tie in with all 13 days. It was extraordinary to see how vividly this played out in Colorado, just as the last Tresina ended and the new one began. During the last two or three days of the last Tresina, the temperatures in the Denver area were up in the 100 degree range, apparently 101 degrees Fahrenheit or 38 Celsius this past Saturday, and 98 degrees Fahrenheit on Sunday. And then, right at the time of the transition to this new Tresina, the day after that, there was a dramatic plunge bringing in snow to the same area. The weather news in Denver actually used the term fire and snow to describe the situation which is right in keeping with how the patrons of this Tresina tend to be depicted, with one oriented around the heat of the sun and the other oriented around darkness and the underworld. It was a stunning illustration of what can happen when the energies shift. That was the day when two scathing books were released that detail multiple layers of corruption associated with the Orange Menace, revealing even more of the dark and sleazy realm that he and his cohorts inhabit. Rachel Maddow interviewed Michael Cohen about his book called Disloyal, a memoir, in which he provided some pointed testimony about the highly divisive things that have been orchestrated by Trump, equating him to a mob boss who likes to inflict pain on people 
someone completely devoid of empathy. Information from Bob Woodward's book is also coming out, so these are adding more fuel to the political fire that's heating up. With the orange menace on one side continuing to spew out bile at every turn, and Joe Biden and his associates on the other, representative of warmth, compassion, integrity, and caring, the two sides could not be more starkly contrasted. This sharp contrast was clearly in focus today, which is two Kawak, two Shen, Chi two, with the idea of duality emphasized and reinforced by that tripling of the power of two. This is a storm-related energy, the kind that can catalyze action, which is what Hillary Clinton, Clinton tried to do six cycles ago in June of 2016 when she launched a scathing attack on the menace, saying that electing him would be an historic mistake because he would be incapable of doing the job. Even back then, she referenced his bizarre rants and outright lies, calling him dangerously incoherent and warned against what he might trigger. And precisely one cycle after that warning, on Tukawak in February of 2017, a nationwide general strike National Day of Action was held in the U.S., on the same day as the Washington Post unveiled their new slogan, Democracy Dies in Darkness, a phrase often used by Washington Post editor Bob Woodward after the Orange Menace called mainstream media outlets the enemies of the people. Information from Woodward's book, Rage, that is being released in the middle of this Tresina is already being hotly discussed in the media, based on excerpts published today. Woodward has written many notable books about U.S. presidents, including All the President's Men, about Nixon and Watergate. He and his associate Carl Bernstein broke that story as portrayed by Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman in the riveting movie version of this tale. Apparently, Woodward interviewed Trump 18 times as part of the research for this new book. In one excerpt, he reveals that General James Mattis, the former defense secretary, refers to the Orange Menace as being dangerous and unfit, someone who has no moral compass, someone who took foreign policy actions that showed adversaries how to destroy America. Woodward reveals that General Mattis ultimately resigned after Trump announced he was withdrawing U.S. troops from Syria because he was basically directed to do something that he thought was beyond stupid to felony stupid. Woodward also made clear that Trump knew as early as February that the coronavirus would be highly contagious, airborne, and deadly, but still did nothing about it. Woodward's colleague, 
Carl Bernstein referred to this as the ultimate felony. As he pointed out, no president prior to this has ever allowed the loss of life in the middle of a calamity. When Joe Biden heard about this, he called it a life-and-death betrayal of the American people. With regard to the virus, Greece is now dealing with a horrific situation at a migrant camp where a fire broke out overnight. The camp was under COVID-19 lockdown, and thousands have had to flee. Over 12,000 people have been living there, and the camp has apparently been destroyed, so the situation is almost unimaginable. Kawak is an energy that often triggers compassion, which is definitely what will be needed in this context. On the third day, September the 10th, we come to three ahau, an important burner day within the cycle. This is the first of four ahau days, staggered 20 days apart, that are known as burner days, that function as kind of energy pushes. This one, three ahau, is a kind of announcer that was thought of as activating the fire in the sense of illuminating something, perhaps something important that previously may have been hidden. It starts a staggered sequence of burner days that will pop in every 20 days between now and November the 9th. This burner sequence encompasses the lead-up to the 2020 November elections and won't finish until six days after the election, which, possibly, might be how long it could take until the results are finalized. So this period really has its work cut out for itself. The fourth day of this Etsnaptrasina brings us to four Imish, four Xian, Chi four, triple fours coinciding with the 19th anniversary of the September 11th tragedy in New York. The day sign Imish has to do with birth. So this can be an invitation to redefine things and to think about new foundations. The following day, we see triple fives relating to wind, breath, and spirit. There's a blessing aspect to this, and we can see that in the way this energy shows up in the life of Captain Sir Thomas Moore in the UK, who was born under this influence in 1920. There are quite a few stories in the news about him this year when, at the age of 99, this former British army officer began walking laps of his garden in order to raise funds for the UK's National Health Services Charities with the goal of raising £1,000 by his 100th birthday. The media picked up this story as he was doing his walks, and he became so popular that hundreds of thousands of donations began pouring in. By the end of the day, on his 100th birthday, as he finished his walk, he had raised over 
32 million pounds. He received over 150,000 birthday cards. Shortly thereafter, he was featured in a cover version of the song You'll Never Walk Alone, with proceeds going to the same charity. The single topped the UK music charts and made him the oldest person to achieve a number one single in the UK. For this achievement, he was appointed an honorary colonel of the Army Foundation College and then received a knighthood from Queen Elizabeth a few weeks ago. This is a great example of how the dramatic influence of Etznab, working in conjunction with the wind, breath, and spirit of his Maya birthday energy, helped this particular individual to do something extraordinarily memorable that will benefit a great many people. In the middle of the Tresina, we have the tripling of six, seven, and eight. Six is a structuring kind of energy, and here it's combined with Akbal, which has a number of connotations, including darkness, as in seclusion, as well as home and or sanctuary. This is Boris Johnson's Maya birth energy. And for Boris, the influence of this Etznab Tresina is often quite noticeable as he has a penchant for drama and seems to know how to get himself into polarizing situations such as Brexit, which is still in limbo. With the coronavirus numbers continuing to rise amid signs of a second wave in Europe, he is now announcing more stringent lockdown measures for the UK. The following day is Seven Khan, involving a tripling of the self-generating energy of Seven in conjunction with the germination-oriented energy of Khan. Khan is a kind of anything-can-happen type of energy. There's often an exuberance to it, but there can be recklessness sometimes as well. The kind of thing that can trigger tornadoes of different kinds, metaphorically speaking. This is the midpoint of the Tresina, so with all those sevens in play, it might be quite sort of tornado-like this time. The eighth day, September 15th, will be 8 Chikchan, 8 Shan, G8, the resurrection of life force. This will be a strong life force oriented day with those three eights in play. In Maya mythology, eight is the number associated with regeneration, and here it is in force in conjunction with Chikchan which is also aligned with cyclical renewal. At this time, we have the opening of the 75th session of the UN General Assembly, this time in virtual form. And this is also the start of National Hispanic Heritage Month, with this being Hispanic Heritage Day. Normally, this would be a time of great celebration across many Spanish-speaking nations, but due to the pandemic, this will have to be scaled down this time. 
Nevertheless, no doubt there will be many opportunities to connect with the rich and vibrant cultures and histories that have Hispanic roots. This is perfect timing for that. Everyone just stay safe while you celebrate. This is Dr. Anthony Fauci's Maya Birth Energy. He's the American physician and immunologist who has advised six presidents on the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of diseases, including emerging diseases. He helped to develop an AIDS relief plan that has saved lives for millions in the developing world. But he's been walking a tightrope since the pandemic began, with the White House often trying to muzzle him or direct what he has to say. He's often been put in the difficult situation of having to correct misinformation coming from the White House. This is also the day of the official release of Bob Woodward's book. So there will be lots of energy flying around at this time. Also, I should just provide the reminder that there is a little story in my blog related to this day specifically with regard to September 15th, which happens to coincide with 8 Chikchen at this time. Mesoamerican archaeologist mythologist Carl Tobe has made reference to his experiences in the Yucatan when he was told by Maya locals that on September 15th every year, giant feathered serpents called Noh Khan emerge from the sacred lakes of Koba to create havoc where they fly. Apparently, something that relates to another district as well, where it was said that the feathered serpent takes to the air on September 15th. So that fits right in with this day at this time. Have fun if you're in the Yucatan. Then we come to Nine Kimi on September 16th. This is where we might have to take a deep breath because this can translate as an outward projection of death or new foundations. This marks one cycle exactly since last New Year's Eve when China alerted the World Health Organization about several pneumonia cases that were, in fact, COVID-19 cases. So that was the first official announcement about the forthcoming pandemic. This is Independence Day in Mexico, which ordinarily would be marked by all sorts of large-scale social events, including parades and fireworks. But given that Mexico now has over 630,000 cases of COVID-19 and has the world's fourth highest death toll after the U.S., Brazil, and India, these kinds of activities would be highly problematic at this time. Hopefully, there are lots of safety measures in place this year. One cycle before that... In the spring of 2019, that horrifying 
fire broke out that destroyed the spire and roof of the historic Notre-Dame de Paris Cathedral. It's now under reconstruction. Given that these are the kinds of things that have happened in the past under this influence, including such things as that 7.0 earthquake that struck Haiti 10 years ago, this is truly a heads-up kind of energy. That earthquake killed over 250,000 people and destroyed over 180,000 buildings. It was one of the worst natural disasters in world history, so we don't want any repetitions of anything like that. I don't want to worry anyone, but we have triple nines in play here. And this is the last and most intense day of that nine-day sequence of triple numbers. With the number nine being associated with longevity, this is a force that can have long-lasting consequences. With so much going on right now, this will be one to watch out for. And speaking of long-lasting influence... This was the Maya birth energy of Freddie Mercury, the rock group Queen's iconic lead singer. His remarkable story was told in the multiple award-winning movie Bohemian Rhapsody, released in 2018. Freddie was an amazing talent, skilled in the visual arts as well as in music. It was Freddie who chose the name Queen for their band because he thought the name sounded regal, strong, universal, and unique. And he designed an amazing logo for the band, depicting the zodiac signs of the four band members, topped by an imposing phoenix. It's not unlike the coat of arms of the United Kingdom itself. Although Freddie was said to be somewhat quiet and reserved when not performing, his stage presence was truly electrifying, unforgettable. He liked to write musically complex pieces, often pushing boundaries, as in Bohemian Rhapsody, and his voice was superb. He was described by Roger Daltrey as the best virtuoso rock and roll singer of all time. Unfortunately, Freddie died of bronchopneumonia as a complication of AIDS in 1991 at the young age of 45. And he was the first major rock star to die of AIDS. The year after his death, the remaining members of Queen founded the Mercury Phoenix Trust and organized the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert for AIDS Awareness, not only to celebrate Freddie's life and legacy, but also to raise money for AIDS research. This trust has since raised millions of pounds for various AIDS charities. The Freddie for a Day fundraiser on behalf of the Mercury Phoenix Trust continues to take place 
every year in London. So, with regard to Freddie's life and legacy, it's easy to see the interweaving of all the key elements. The dazzle of the Etznap Tresina, both the foundational and death-related aspects of Kimi, and the long-lasting legacy aspects of the number nine. So, happy Maya birthday next week, Freddie. We will be thinking of you. For the last four days of the Tresina, there will be a doubling, but not a tripling, of the numerical forces. Nevertheless, the force of the energies build up through the Tresina, so even a doubling of these numerical forces could be quite consequential. There's a potentially sacrificial aspect to Ten Manique coming in on September 17th. The Charlie Hebdo attacks in Paris in 2015 took place under that influence, and as it happens, that echo effect can be detected again as 14 suspects in that attack are currently on trial in Paris. This is an energy that can set the tone or foundation for the shifts coming in by the end of the Tresino, with the 11th day often being some kind of herald. As it happened, Dr. Frederick Banting, the co-discoverer of insulin, was born under that 11 Lamat heralding influence. Keep your eyes open for some kind of change-related signal at this time, especially with two 11s in play and Jewish New Year beginning. By the end of the Tresina, we will have 12 Muluk, which is a pulling together or grouping together type of energy associated with water, a good time for people to find ways to be adaptable and to put heads together to search for new solutions to problems. This coincides with World Cleanup Day and the start of a Peace Weekend event. There's a link regarding this in my blog. The weekend of September 19th to 20th, finishing up with a virtual Terry Fox Day run, an invitation to run wherever for the cause, and registration for this event can be found on the Terry Fox Foundation website. That will be on 13 Oak, the very last day of the Tresina, and Oak as well is uh, Terry's birth energy, not 13 Oak, but 11 Oak. So there's a nice tie-in with uh, Terry right there through the, the day energy itself. As always, there's so much more that could be said about all this, some of which can be found in my Maya Count of Days horoscope blog at whitepotpress.ca. This horoscope blog can also be accessed through mayacalendararts.com where you can find earlier podcasts, information on Maya calendrics, some posts on topics such as birth dates and energy cycling, and information on such things as coaching services and personalized artworks. 
For anyone who might like some assistance directly from me in terms of exploring how these energies may work within your own lives, there are a number of options outlined on that Maya Calendar Arts site. There are many different ways in which to work with these energies. Through this podcast and blog, I provide many examples of how these energies tie in with events and work in other people's lives, but until you actually start working with them personally, much will be missed. And of course, you have to have a good sense of the energies themselves in order to know what to look for. These are the kinds of things I can help you with personally. Feel free, if you wish, to contact me if you have any questions. Contact information is in the websites as well as information on subscribing to the horoscope blog itself. Just before finishing up here, I should point out that this particular Tresina is the final 13-day period that comes in before a new sequence of days that was traditionally seen as a creation sequence. So it tends to bring into sharp focus things that may be pressing for attention, including issues that may require quick decisions or important decisions to be made. It can often starkly draw attention to the need to separate right from wrong, good from bad, and sick from healthy, and so on. Thus, the knife-edged metaphor and the emphasis on dualities. Keep in mind that the last time these energies were in place, the pandemic was just beginning. But unfortunately, the kind of quick action that was needed was not taken when it should have been. That lack of action resulted in many, many parts of the world in the severing of realities triggering the massive change that we are all still trying to deal with. So this is an opportune time to cut away whatever no longer works and to actually take action when something important comes up that requires decisiveness and leadership. It is that kind of decisiveness that can forge the pathways to healing. I'll finish with a quote from the remarkable Captain Sir Thomas Moore, who said, quote, The sun will shine on you again, and the clouds will go away. Soon everything will be better. We will soon be smiling. Unquote. His light is the kind of light that we need to focus on during these dark and truly bizarre days. The light of kindness and compassion and generosity and warmth of spirit and courage and integrity. It's the kind of light that can move mountains and banish demons. If Captain Sir Tom can shine this light after surviving World War II and everything since then, and still find ways to make major contributions to the world at age 100, then surely so can we. Until next time, 
Be well. Keep safe. Love to you all.